morning. My name is Karen and I'm going to be doing our reading today from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 45. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's excellent. Good morning, everyone. My name's Etienne, and I just want to thank everyone who led us to this point and are leading us in the back areas today. Um, yeah, thank you for using your gifts, and I'm sure I speak for many of us when I say that, um, yeah, you're blessing us richly. I would like to do something a little different this morning as a, as a, as a start. So, so um, if you're a regular here, you will find this a bit different. If you're a visitor, don't know what your church experience is, don't know if you have any church experience at all. Um, but just sort of caveat, um, I want us to do something slightly different and there is a purpose to it, which I will get to later. What I'm going to do is I want to pray for us, a short prayer. Then I'm going to put some words on the screen. They're words from the Bible. I'm going to read them three times, and I'll ask you in between each time just three questions that I'd like you to think of as I read them the second and the third time. Then I'd like to hear just from you uh, just what came up, what sort of things came up in your heart and head as you reflected on the words that I read. Um, I was going to finish with getting us all to participate in prayer, but Mike beat me to the punch this morning and stuffed up my way of, um, of doing things, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so I'll finish with a prayer for us. Not that I, I think we could all pray again, but for the sake of time, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll finish. Okay, everyone comfortable with that? Well, probably not. <laughs> it requires us speaking in, in church. But I, I, really, this is a safe setting to speak and love to hear and have us bless each other as we have even just by praying before. All right. I'm going to put these words up on the screen and I'm going to pray for us, then I'll read them. All right, let's pray. Living Jesus, your words are active, powerful, and we are meant, every time we read them, to encounter you. I pray for that now, as we read these words, as we think on them, will you speak to us? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to hop out of the way, because I don't want you to see me. I'd love you to see the words. These are words from Psalm 145, verses 3 to 5. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. Here are the three questions. 
What truth do these words show us about God, about who God is? What truth do they tell us about ourselves? And what would happen in your life and my life if we forget these truths or if we ignore them? Okay? What truths do we see here about God? What truths do we see about ourselves? What happens if we forget or we overlook these truths? What, what will be the effects or the consequences for us if, if, if they're completely missed? Okay, they're the three questions. I'm going to read the words again. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty. And I'll meditate on your wonderful works. What truth does this show us about God? What truth does it show us about ourselves? What happens if these truths are missed or forgotten? Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. Okay, hit me up. What do we see here about God? Just shout out. There's no, I'm not looking, it's not a test, there's no correct answer. Just what do we see about God? Yeah. Sure. So it shows us about God, perhaps that He's um He's enduring. Here we are today, we're talking about God still, after how long, really? Um, you mentioned 2,000, it's from the beginning of creation. Yeah, yeah, thousands, yeah, it's great. What else about God? Mm. I can't fathom it, it's, it's, um, it's impossible for us to truly grasp the greatness of God. Yeah, thanks Ian, yep. Sure. Mm. Sure. Yeah, thanks, BX. So that shows us perhaps two things, you know, one about God and ourselves. If God is God, then he has to be bigger than we can understand, right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's not God. Otherwise, it's, it's someone who who sits under our control, under our... Now, we want that, but we also hate that <laughs> at the same time because it puts us in a certain position. So it shows us about ourselves, perhaps. We are finite. We can be fathomed inside and out, but God cannot. Yeah, great. Wonderful thing. Yeah, sure. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Stan. So the greatness of God, as we see it in his creation, you know, um, yeah, everywhere. Gotcha, yeah, yep. Mm. The smells, the sights, the sounds, yeah, yep. 
Mm, thank you, Stan, yeah. What about us? Uh, sorry, Pete, I'll go one more and then I'll want to move to us. Yeah, Pete. Mm. Yep. Mm. What a great comment. Thanks, Peter. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a fair bit of that about what we see about ourselves, you know. Uh, generations, passing this on. Young people, if, if you're in church, you, you're, a, you're, you're a minority in the world, you know, but the fact that to your parents, these generations before them have passed it on and, and there are some three, do we have, we have some four generations in this church, but just to see the the importance of saying, hey, this is our job to do, is to stand in front of our kids and to say, great is God, to let everything about our lives to reveal to our children that God is great, not just in the way that we say, but in the way that we live and all of that sort of stuff. The importance of that, you know, it sort of comes out clear. And then the other thing you touched on was, I'll meditate. You know, meditate, I don't have time to deal into the depths of it today, but really I want to spend... I could even say one of the most fundamentally important activities of my life is to sit and think and reflect on the greatness of God. That is what we should do. That is what we should do. And what God has done, who he is, in the spring that we see around us, in his son, in Jesus, in song, in word, in those, those things. So, yeah, Linda. Sure. Thank you, Linda. Yeah, worthy of praise. What does it show us about God and about us? He's worthy of praise. If I'm honest with myself, often there are a lot of other things that I consider more worthy of my praise. And that's evident, perhaps, at times about how much we speak about God. You know, and how passionately we speak about God. Yeah. Thanks, Linda. I'll take Denny's and then I'll move to the third question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Denise. So, yeah, we see the results of, of um, where that did not happen, or did not happen well. Uh, yeah, we did not commend the works of the Lord to future generations. Yep, yep. Yep. Right. Well, we'll get you up here. We'll get you up here one day to hear it. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Thank you all, really. Uh, third question. 
What happens if, 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 if these truths about, about God, about who he is, and about we are, who we are, if, 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 if we forget them, or if they're not even present in our thought, what happens to us? What are the effects on us? This is the deepest, ah, they're all deep questions, but this is the question that really goes quite deep. Sarah. Mm. Um, sure. So, 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 if I'm struggling with sharing God with future generations or with others, the problem is probably because I lack a certain sense of the greatness of God in my life, isn't it? So, so the others depend on on that, you know. And I think, bang on, if 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 I don't believe that God is great. If I do not encounter God as unfathomably great, I will not commend him to others, will I? It just won't be part of what I would desire and burn to do. Um, great. Yeah, so, so, so the antidote often to... Well, I would argue to everything that we struggle with in our lives is we don't understand the greatness of God. Right? If I don't understand the greatness of God, I won't tell others about him. I'll become consumed with myself. I'll become entitled. I can't really deal with my struggles, my loneliness, my anger, my... You name it. You name any particular struggle and you can tie a lack of understanding of the greatness of God to that. Right? Any more thoughts? I'm ready to move on, but I'm happy to hear. Gotcha. Yep, yep. And so that's the logical consequence. It just sort of kind of moves on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Bianca. Yep. I don't know. You're not. Uh, no, did Paul. Yes, I remembered. <laughs> I've met Paul this morning. Paul. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. And that's part of the greatness of God is His faithfulness, despite our unfaithfulness, is is sticking to us. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much, Paul, and thanks everyone else. Can I, can I finish this little meditation with a brief prayer again? And then I'm going to not preach a sermon. I'm going to just unpack the purpose of all this for us. Let's pray. God, you are great. And I confess, and I confess on behalf of many of us here, the truth is we often don't see you as great. Certainly not enough. Pray for that to change. I pray that you will make yourself great in us. Greater and greater and greater. Particularly in your faithfulness to us through Jesus. Deepen us. Help us to meditate fruitfully on all your works. And may the result be, Lord, that we 
like no other generation before us, would stand and declare and show and live out just how good you are and how great your works are. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you very much. I, we're in a small little series. I'm going to talk for 10 more minutes and then we're done. Um, just to reflect a bit on what we just did. I did it because it strikes me that often we talk a lot about something, but we don't actually do it. <laughs> we talk a lot about prayer, but we don't actually pray. We talk a lot about our theme for today, but we don't actually do it. So I thought, let's just do a bit of it and then reflect on it. What is it? We're in a series on an exceptional church. This is not why we would be an exceptional church compared to every other church. It's not a horizontal thing. An exceptional church according to Jesus. What would make Jesus look at any church, including ours, and say, hey, this is quite an exceptional and remarkable bunch of my children. <laughs> I'm really proud of them. Right? What are some of the features of the characteristics that we will see? Last week we said... An exceptional church is a church who gets the value of the body at the table because they get the value of the body on the table. We celebrated Lord's Supper. We talked about the value of just church. Just the fact that Jesus, in his love for us, included us in the church. Church who gets that, that's exceptional. Very exceptional. Okay, So we dealt with that last week. Here's this week's um, thing that makes any church exceptional. It's a church who gets the value of encountering God through his living and active word. I'll say that again, and I'm choosing my words quite carefully. A church who gets the value of encountering God through his living and active word. Right? Let me ask you a question. How important is it to you to read or to engage um, with the Bible, with the words of Scripture, words like these? How powerful do you think the Bible really is? I mean, there's not a single one of us in this building who would say that we don't believe the Bible's important. I think that's true for all of us in here. I guess within myself and within all of us, the question is just how important? Just how powerful is it? Do we understand as a church that God's living and inspired scriptures are the way by which we empower, encourage and ignite others? It, more than any other thing that we might do, is how it happens. (laughs) This is where God reveals to us who he is. So where he's going to show you who you are. It's how he's going to reveal to you what his purposes for you are. Right? So we read in Acts that the early church, one of the things they did is they devoted themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread into prayer. Today I'm just really drilling down on the apostles' teaching. Really that is the Bible. The scriptures. These people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It meant that they consistently, enduringly, determinedly brought themselves to what 
the word of God said about who he is, who they are, what his purposes for them are. Hence the question. Do we believe in the power of encountering God through his living and active word? Now let me just make a disclaimer. When I say read your Bible, I, there's a lot of preconceptions. Some of you are new to church. Some of you may be the first time in your life that you're in a church. Some of you have been in church for a very long time. And, you know, you, you kind of have had an exposure to what it means to read the Bible that just does not attract you at all, right? And I just want to speak to that because I think it's very important. When I say reading the Bible, I, I, I don't mean... This is a, a, an information-gathering exercise. You know Star Wars fans? Any Star Wars fans here? Oh, quite a few. Actually, only two. <laughs> uh, right. You know what I don't like about Star Wars fans? I used to hang out with a bit of the Star Wars fans, and they, they're annoying to hang out with, but I do love you too. I do, and I do like hanging out with you. <laughs> but you know what? Um, it's this thing where they know all the facts and the backstories to all the movie and what J.J. Abrams did. He must have had a cold on the day when he wrote that part of the script because that's how it turned out like that and the fights and the debates and all that kind of stuff. And it really makes me feel out, you know. I'm just the person who doesn't get or belong because, you know, I watch the movies and I think they're boring as anything and I, I don't like them and... Stupid, even my wife likes it and is really into it. She gets my kids to watch it and I don't. I just don't like it at all. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, hanging out with Christians, maybe if you're new to church, new to, new to God and faith and stuff, that's what it's like for you, you know. It's, it's this whole thing where people on the inside knows everything about what goes on in the story and the backstories and the context and the history and it feels a little bit like that's the end game. I've got to know all this information and all that stuff. That's the more I know, the better it is. There are many things I can fight today, but that's the biggest thing I want to fight. Okay? It's not the end game of reading the Bible. It's not the end game of being devoted to the living and active Word of God. It is not. The end game is to encounter, to experience, in a very mysterious sense, the living God through his living word. That's the end game. So, to be somewhat more practical, a man called John Owen, I picked up this in a book from another man, Tim Keller, so I'm paraphrasing a bit, said, when we read the Bible, like we did this morning in these few verses, you know, whether you listen to it, whether it's in church on a Sunday morning, whether it's on an app, doesn't matter. There's one of two things that is supposed to happen. Whatever method you use, whether it's asking three questions, what does it show me about God, myself, what truth, whether it's another method, whether it's just reading it, one or two things, it's going to lead you down one or two paths, and both are brilliant. Either it's going to lead you into a position where you reflected, you thought, and somehow, in the deepest sense of your being, you're going to be led into a place where you are enjoying the presence of God. You're going to get a sense of 
God is great, isn't he? I can't describe it, but I know it, and I know it, and I know it. The flowers smell better, the birds sound better, even my kids are nice. <laughs> God's great, and, and life is great, and, and sometimes that enjoying God is, is a bit painful as well, you know? I feel really um, repentant, contrite about some of the stuff I want to change about my life, but it's real. The presence of God's there, it's undeniable. And it is through the scriptures that you were led into that place. But let's be honest, that's not where it goes every time. In fact, that might not be where it goes most of the time. We're led down a different path, which, which Tim Keller calls crying out. Right? Some of you today would read Psalm 145 and go, God's not great. Not to me anyway. I don't have that experience. I don't have that encounter. I do not think of God as great. And there's no point lying and fabricating anything to the contrary. It is or it isn't. Here's what you do. You cry out. God, I don't see you as great today. But I want to. Can you make yourself great in me? This is what I want. This is what I seek. And you may have to do that devoted to Scripture a number of times in a row. You're not going to earn it. This isn't an earning game, but, but the promise of Scripture is firm. He who cries out with a broken or a contrite heart, the Lord will answer. He will answer your prayers. You see? There's no way in which engaging with or being devoted to the living and active word of God is not going to lead to, to a prayer that is going to bless you in the long run. Okay? What is it that makes a church an exceptional church? One of the things they are devoted to encountering the living Jesus through his living and active word. They get the value of being devoted to God's living and active word. Okay, I'm going to conclude soon. I'm talking longer than 10 minutes. You may say to me, that's great, but what do I read? I'm new to church, I'm new to Bible, I don't know what to read. I'm going to be somewhat practical for three minutes and show you something on the screen that I place in the newsletter. If you go to church here, you would have gotten it. Um, if you don't, please ask for a copy of it. There's a link to what is called a resource. The Reformed Church has developed this it's called the Discipleship Matrix. Don't think Matrix movie. Think something totally different. Click on the link. Here's where you'll go. You'll find, and I referred to this a few weeks ago, stages of discipleship, if you like. I'm exploring, I'm exploring about God and church and faith. It's not on. Oh, no. Fix it. Oh, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Teachers are great. <laughs> On the right hand side of the screen, that's a bit small, sorry. 
I'm just mirroring my screen. Bianca's mirroring my screen. You know, exploring, I'm new to church, new to faith. I don't really know much about it. That's, that's sort of me believing. Um, I am believing in Jesus, but I'm, I, I'm really, I need to grow. I, I don't know. Don't, I'm just young at this. I don't want to say I don't know a lot because it's not about information. I haven't grown, developed uh, a lot. Um, developing, I've been a Christian for a long time, but I'm a bit stuck, you know. I need to grow. I need to get out of my plateau stage of, of my growth in Jesus. Uh, multiplying, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time, but God's helped me to be actively involved in letting others grow in their faith, and I, I just see the purpose of my life in that, and it's awesome, and it's, we're praying for a lot of that to happen in our church. Pick yourself where you are in that stage. You might say, you know, I'm, 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 um, I'm sort of a bit stuck. I'm a developing disciple. There's a click button. You click, yes, I am developing. It will lead you to another page that would give you a few options, like this matrix is broken. It's a real good resource. Broken your life up into head. You know, uh, I want to know a bit more in my head about what it means to be a Christian. Heart, I want to know about the core convictions, the values of, of Christianity. Hands, I want to know what I need to do as a, as a Christian. You know, how does it affect my behavior and, and how I live? Uh, body, what does it mean for me to belong to a church if I'm a developing Christian? What things can I do in and with my church as I develop? And life, how does my life as a Christian develop as a parent, as an employee, etc., etc.? Pick which one you want to grow in. Say, yes, these questions apply. Maybe you click on heart. I want to know a bit more about the values. And voila, it would spit out some resources to you. There's some books you can read. I'm not even going to go there this morning, but there's some Bible verses to explore. That's what I want you to do in the next two weeks. Hop on that matrix, get those verses for you where you are at, and just engage with the living and active word of Jesus that are there. That will meet you where you are at to where you need to go next. Simple enough, and please call out for help if you want them. If you're in a small group, maybe play with that and, um, yeah, work with it. All right. Alf, question? Bianca's going to be pretty busy. Uh, Bianca would love to help you. Uh, she will do a webinar for us. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Let me conclude. I'm done. Um, I just want to finish with this. We don't earn badges. We don't read the Bible to earn God's favour. We believe in Jesus for that. Because we believe in Jesus, God has made available to us the unfathomable resources of the power of his spirit. Let him be at work in you through his word. Just receive it. Just receive it. Don't do anything. Don't earn anything. It's not down to you, it's down to him. Just step into it. Here's the promise that we get from Isaiah 55, with which I'll finish. God says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the incredible gift that you have given us in your spirit. Thank you that you seek to reveal to us 
who you are, who we are, and the heights of your plans and your purposes for us as we've sung. Thank you that we can find that in the Scriptures. Let us engage with it. Let us be devoted to it. Let us figure out whatever it may be we need to. Lord, that you may take us wherever it is that you want to. Pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.